the official podcast of the Chillicothe Paints. This is Horsin' Around. The latest inside information from the Paints and the Prospect League. Now, here's the voice of Paints Baseball, Jacob Wise. Welcome into another edition of Horsin' Around, a Chillicothe Paints baseball podcast. I'm Jacob Wise, and it is finally baseball season. A long, long off season. obviously, you know, a layoff of basically two years, and the Paints finally are back in action. The Prospect League is finally back in action, and we are four days in, depending on when you listen to this, doing this uh, Sunday night after the Paints' first win of the season. 3-0 over the Johnstown Mill Rats, and it's nice to be in the win column. Big, big crowd on Thursday night for the season opener as the Paints were back home for the first time since winning the 2019 Prospect League Championship. More than 3,800 fans packed in there, but unfortunately, by the time most of them had found their seats and gotten their food, the Paints were down 7 nothing. a seven spot given up in the top half of that first inning. Had a chance to get out of it with a double play. Couldn't quite get the two. They were able to get the out at first base, but the inning continued, and a couple batters later ended up a three-run home run for Lafayette to make it 7 to nothing. Then the Paints have a big hill to climb, and they certainly tried to get back into that game, were able to get a couple of runs, actually outplayed Lafayette the rest of the night, but 7 nothing was just too big of a hill to climb, and the Paints lost on opening night 10-4. to Got a little bit better on the second night of the season on Friday, but it was nasty weather Friday and Saturday. Uh, wind chill in the 40s both days, and uh, the crowds, can't blame them, not, not really very big at uh, VA Memorial Stadium there on Friday and Saturday. A 6-4 loss to Champion City, a couple costly errors in that one. And then on Saturday, a 3-2 loss to Johnstown in the uh, two-game series opener there to wrap up the homestand. Cold bats in that one really just couldn't get anything going offensively. Had a couple of runners on to lead off the seventh and the eighth innings, immediately hit into a double play, and that really just took the wind out of the sails for the Paints in that game on Saturday. A couple costly errors. Two of those three runs for Johnstown were unearned in that game. So the Paints were able to put that behind them, though, and come back on Sunday and pick up a 3-0 win over Johnstown. Got a fantastic pitching performance from uh, a trio of pitchers, actually, is Tanner Cunningham uh, was able to get the start. He was strong through four and a third, uh, was not supposed to pitch that deep into the game, but he was doing well and was feeling good. And coach asked him if he was able to go a couple more outs, and he said, sure thing. And John Penn was very happy after the game. The Paints manager uh, just talking about on the postgame show for radio about how he was nice to have a guy on the mound that was throwing strikes quickly, much like what Drew Wilson did the night before but uh, weren't able to get the win. The Paints are able to play some good defense behind, have their first errorless game of the season. A nice way to get the win to wrap up the homestand going into the off day here on Monday before a full slate of uh, six days in a row before the next off day. Also want to mention Drew Wilson from that game on Sunday. He was the DH on uh, the 3-0 win. He drove in all three runs, uh, ground out in the first inning, brought home a run. And then he had a two-out, two-run single later in the game to get the uh, final two runs of the game. So Drew Wilson had a fantastic night at the plate as well for the Paints. So into the first off day of the season with a 1-3 and three record. Not the end of the world. Again, the 2019 team was 2-7 and seven to start, and then they won 10 in a row, and the rest was history. 
And talking to the players too, they still feel good. They, they feel like the team is going to continue to get better. Some permanent players should start rolling in this week as their seasons in college begin to come to an end and the roster will continue to get stronger and stronger. Also not the end of the world because in the Ohio River Valley Division of the East Conference, the wins were hard to come by for most of the teams early on. And so now looking at the standings at the first off day, although Burlington and Clinton are going to play on Memorial Day, I think they plan to do that from the beginning. They moved an off day from Monday to another day in the week so that they could have that day on the holiday where they had a game. Monday's typically off days in the Prospect League. The Ohio River Valley Division, Champion City, 3-1 and one to start the year. So uh, a solid start to things for them. Maybe one of their best starts in franchise history. Johnstown started 2-0 in their inaugural season. They end up 2-1 uh, after the Paints get them 3-0 on Sunday. Chillicothe now 1-3 and in West Virginia is... I believe the only team in the Prospect League now that is winless, they had a late lead on Champion City, but the Kings were able to come back and get them on Sunday. So West Virginia off to an 0-3 start. In the Wabash River Division in the East Conference, Danville is 3-0, Lafayette is 3-1, Illinois Valley is 1-3, and and the Rex, after putting up 17 runs on Sunday, they beat Illinois Valley, so they get their first one of the season, and uh, the Terre Haute Rex now 1-3, the same as the Paints. In the West Conference, the Great River Division, the Clinton Lumber Kings are off to a 3-0 start. The Normal Corn Belters 2-2, the Burlington Bees 1-2, and the Quincy Gyms 1-3. And in the Prairie Land Division in the West, the O'Fallon Hoots lead it at 3-1. Alton, the River Dragons are 2-1, Springfield 1-2, and and the Cape Catfish 1-2. Speaking of uh, the Rex scoring 17 runs on Sunday, we had our first run rules ever since the run rule was implemented in the Prospect League. The Rex run ruled Illinois Valley 17 to 1, so that game was stopped after seven innings. Also, O'Fallon run ruled Cape 11 to 1 on Sunday. That game was stopped after seven. And I think that was it. It was a 15 to 5 win for Quincy, but I think that a lot of those runs came later in the game and yeah they scored five runs in the ninth inning so no run rule there they had to play the whole thing but on paper uh still a blowout for the normal corn belters in that one as they won 15 to 5 over quincy as i mentioned earlier a lot of the d1 baseball season's coming to a close so unless the team has made a regional or is playing in a conference tournament which a lot of conferences aren't doing this year Some uh, new players should be coming into the Prospect League, including for the Paints here over the next week. Stats after one week, I suppose, not really a full week, but four games going into the off day. Uh, Drew Wilson has been fantastic at the plate. Five of 14 at the plate with two runs scored, four RBIs. He had all three of them on Sunday. Also a couple of walks and has been hit by a pitch. He's been on base a ton. Alex Ludwig has also been very good. He was the leadoff man in the order the first three nights. He dropped down to the two spot as... Manager John Penn just tried to switch things up, but he finishes into the first off day with a uh, 3.16 batting average, six hits on 19 trips, one home run, two RBIs, and he, he has been very, very good for the Paints, an, an offense that is only hitting 206 through the first four games, but he's certainly been a bright spot as well. Trey Smith hitting 308, four for 13 at the plate. He scored a couple of runs as well. He has a double and a couple of RBIs. He's also walked three times and Got hit by a pitch late in that game, 
on Sunday, and that was very important because he ended up coming up and scoring to give the Paints a little bit of a cushion going into the ninth inning. And DJ Neff has played pretty well, also a 273 average, 3 for 11 at the plate, and he's made some nice plays out there at second base as well. Pitching-wise for the Paints so far, the team ERA dropped from 5-something to 375 after the win on Sunday. Of course, they gave up several runs, 10 runs on opening night, and then six runs the next night. Not all of those earned, but still with uh, not a ton of innings being thrown, that uh, still inflated that ERA to start the season. And after giving up just three runs and then no runs on Saturday and Sunday, they've dropped that back down to a nice respectable 375. Victor Tayo, really good in two appearances out of the bullpen, four innings, one hit, one walk, three strikeouts, hasn't given up any runs earned or otherwise. Tyler Cunningham now in two appearances, including a start, six and a third innings, no runs, five hits, three walks, and seven strikeouts. Drew Wilson had a start, went five innings, allowed two unearned runs, no earned runs, two hits, two walks, and seven strikeouts. Want to also mention Jake Norris with five strikeouts on in relief on Thursday. So the Paints pitching staff has gotten it figured out. Hopefully that'll continue on. Ruben Ramirez has worked a couple of scoreless innings, uh, throwing really hard. Three strikeouts for him through two innings. Justin Diefenbach was pretty good in his start. He went seven innings, gave up four runs, but all four runs were late. Uh, he was in the last two innings that he pitched. He was scoreless up until that point and had done a really good job working through the lineup uh, in his start. So excited to see him pitch again in this upcoming week. Ronovich had a rough outing, just one inning, just trying to get settled uh, on Saturday, but they brought him back on Sunday. He was able to pick up the save in a scoreless inning. He struck out the first two batters in the ninth. He walked two guys, had them both down to a two-strike count, but just couldn't seal the deal. Walked him, but ended up getting the final out to pick up his first save of the year. So excited to see how the pitching staff kind of shakes out, and uh, they look pretty good throughout the last few games of that first week. Uh, so you take that first one out, and it uh, looks like right now, through the first four days, that first game was a, a little bit of an anomaly. So coming up this week, the uh, Paints getting set for their first road game of the season, a 635 start down in Beckley, West Virginia, and then back home on Wednesday and Thursday against West Virginia and Champion City, 705 Wednesday and Thursday at VA Memorial Stadium. Wednesday is our Ross County Sheriff's Dare Night and Summer Fun Party. Is uh, A lot of folks, uh, a lot of kids will get into the ballpark for free that night. And it's also our Winning Wednesday Gas Giveaway, sponsored by Valero. We will give away plenty of free gas cards at the game that night. And then Thursday is another Thirsty Thursday $1 draft beer, and we'll welcome our friends from Wrath Camp Financial as they have a big group out at the stadium on Thursday. Friday, the Paints head to Champion City for a 6.35 start, and then Saturday, it's a 7 o'clock start as the Paints play their first game in Johnstown against the Mill Rats. They'll stay there for a two-game series and wrap up the week on Sunday with an afternoon game at 3 o'clock in Johnstown before the off day on Monday the 7th. Just two home games this upcoming week. The Paints will play four road games. Hopefully after that week, they'll be a little bit closer to 500 or maybe a little bit over it and uh, have things rolling as players continue to roll in. The team continues to gel and hopefully things continue to get better each and every night like they have over the first four games. All right, that takes us to our player interview this episode of Horsin' Around here at Chillicothe Paints Baseball Podcast. Got a chance to chat with Trey Smith before the game on Sunday up in the press box. Talked about his time at University of Indianapolis, his time here in Chillicothe in 2019, 
why he's back here in 2021 and and just about him playing baseball and a little bit about life. And I think you'll enjoy the chat that I had with Trey on Sunday. Trey, first of all, welcome back to Chillicothe. You glad to be here? Oh, yeah, definitely. Had a blast so far since I've been here. Opening night was a lot of fun. Got to see a lot of familiar faces and, you know, just been hanging, hanging around here since then. Got to see Bob again. Got to see Zach Kendall again. Good to see you again. It's a fun time. <laughs> you mentioned opening night, like 3,800 people here. It felt like a regular paints game, but the last uh, two nights, uh, we're recording this here on Sunday, it's been cold, and so the crowds have been maybe the smallest I've ever seen for a paints game. Is, is it awkward going out to the field when it's so quiet out? It actually is. It feels like a, uh, a home game at an Indianapolis game. <laughs> you know, we, we haven't had the crowd like we've had, but, um, you know, I keep telling these guys, like, just wait. Once it warms up, you know, we're going to have, like, we averaged, what, what did we average? Like 2019, 2019, yeah. 2019, so, yeah, I mean, we're going to have a lot of fans. It's just, we got to get it to warm up a little bit. Uh, you mentioned uh, Bob, your host dad, uh, Bob Imboden, who is a little bit of a legend around here. Uh, how much fun is it to hang out with that guy? I think you guys went to eat before you got out here today? Yeah, we did. We went to uh, the uh, Freddy's place, or... The, it's it's the burger place. I can't think of the name of the place, but we just went there. I had breakfast, and Bob took us out to eat. Me and my uh, roommate, who also went to Indy with me, Isaac Bear. Who you call Ted. To, yeah, call him Ted. That's his nickname, Teddy. <laughs> Teddy Bear. Now, going to Indy, how did you end up going to the University of Indianapolis? Were you, were you recruited there? Was it a place you wanted to go? And how do you like uh, going to school there and playing baseball there? So I actually went to JUCO for a semester, and then we went to go play Indy at University of Indianapolis for a game. And I did – no, we did a doubleheader. I played pretty well. Um, at the end of the year, uh, they cont- – or not at the end of the year, at the end of the semester, first semester, they contacted me and ended up going on a visit. Loved it there and just went there at semester and played my freshman year at UND. Done pretty well there, too, the last couple of years. Obviously, no 2020 season, but yeah. a pretty successful college career so far, would you say? Uh, yeah, uh, I had the my sophomore year is pretty – was a down year for me, I would say. But uh, my freshman year, I did pretty decent. And then, the obviously, 2020 year – I had a great start, start of the 2020 year. And then now, 2021 year, I had slashed pretty well. So, yeah, I've, I've very much so enjoyed – being at Indy and the academics there is great. The I mean the the ability of development there is great. So are you still a biology major? Uh, human biology. Human yes. biology. Okay. Yes. What all does that entail? Uh, anatomy, a uh, lot of biology, obviously. Uh, chemistry, um, different types of math. You organic chemistry. You got to do that's not very fun. Yeah. But I didn't. I well, I actually took human biology, so you didn't have to take organic chemistry. But <laughs> they threw I, it in anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, what do you want to do when you're done playing baseball? Obviously, you want to play baseball as long as you can. But what what's the plan for afterward? Uh, well, right now I don't really know exactly. That's okay. I'm trying to figure it out at the moment. Obviously, playing here, this is what helps being here. You know, we get like we said, all these fans. Well, on top of that, they know that we have so much talent here. And um, till scouts will come and watch, and that obviously helps because those are professional scouts, you know, yeah. or independent scouts that come here and watch. And so that's just another thing is just playing here, and that helps. Are you open to going the indie ball route if 
Yeah. Someone doesn't pick you up right away. Oh, yeah, that would be great. That would be awesome. Speaking of somebody who got picked up, not drafted, Cody Orr, who you played with Cody in 19. Orr. Yeah. Pretty good player, right? Awesome player. Yeah, I actually, not that long ago, he posted on his uh, Instagram story. I got to talk to him for a little bit. He posted a story in, I think, down in Florida, but he showed a, a like the back part of the walk. It looked exactly like ours, pretty much. Oh, like yeah. Minor league field to the T. And uh, I just asked, like, because it was where he hit his first professional. Home yeah, run. I saw it. I saw yeah. the video of that uh, what a week ago or so. Yeah, I asked where he hit it at. He hit it actually dead center, over the four hundred five mark. Wow, obviously a good athlete. I know the Astros and a lot of minor league people who follow that stuff are are very high on him. It's cool to see uh, people moving on, and hopefully that's in your future as well. And, and a big part of what you've been able to do so far is the support that you get from your parents. I know they brought their RV down and they're camping uh, nearby to be here at the first four home games of the year. And I know based on 2019, we'll see them at a lot of places on the road and a lot of home games throughout the season. It's fun for me as the the lone traveling guy from the office to see familiar faces when we're on the road. But I can't imagine what that must be like for you when you're at all these different places, whether it be college or summer ball, and you look up and your parents are there supporting you. How much has that meant to you along the way? Oh, yeah, it's been awesome. I mean, it's been awesome. They got the RV, obviously, to go camping. They go to the river, but and then also a part of it for me. And sometimes, like, my brother will get to come, too. He came to one of my games this year at home, and his uh, parents brought him up in the RV. It's been awesome. I mean, they sometimes when we go to Terre Haute, they, they usually don't camp there, but they usually drive up because it's not a super far drive, but they'll usually drive up to that one. But coming here, I think they're here. They said they were sitting here for a full nine days to hang out, and uh, but it's awesome. Like the other day, I didn't bring any long sleeves for, you know, being cold. Well, I texted them. They went and got long sleeves for me, brought it to the game. I was like, wow, that was pretty convenient because I probably wouldn't ask Bob, my host, I had to go and do that for me, you know? Although he probably would. Probably would. He'd probably come back with like a cart full of, yeah, here, yeah. I got all the options for you it's just in case. True. It's very true. Bob's banana pudding, how good is it? Oh, ridiculous. He, Unbelievable, he right? He makes us, so when he makes the big one, he will make me and Teddy, but when right. Cody played with me, or stayed with me, and Bob, he made us individual like salad bowl sides, and man, that was good. Yeah, I always enjoy when we have the Booster Club carry-ins after the game for food, and you got to get down there quick, or all of the uh, banana pudding <coughs> is gone. That's why he makes you guys the extra, so to make sure you get it. Oh yeah. Let's run it back to 2019. You had never been here before. You show up, uh, what a couple days before the season for check-in and get your uniform and everything. What's going through your head at that point? Well, I just came off a, a, a really bad year at UND, and uh, my what's going through my head is let's uh, see ball, hit the ball hard, and try to impress these guys. That way, I can, you know, fit well with the team and just try to do the best that I can. And coming in the first night, actually, I went over four, and I was like, "Well, dang it!" <laughs> so I stayed after. Me and Cody actually both went 0-4, and we went and hit in the cages for like three hours after the game so we could uh, try to get our minds right, and then start of the start of the year happened. Was that your first summer ball season? No. My first summer ball season was when I was going into my freshman year. Okay. So you, you kind of had the experience before a little bit. 
Yeah, I, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and then I had knee surgery one summer. I think the the average person doesn't really understand how much of an awkward situation it is. You have 30 guys from all around the country showing up a couple of days before the season starts. You maybe practice one time and say hi to the guy who's going to be playing next to you. Yeah. And then you spend 70 days yeah. together all the time. You live with somebody that you just met 10 minutes ago for the summer. And then one day everybody just goes home and you maybe never talk to half those guys ever again. It's such yeah. a unique situation, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Very unique. Um, well, the thing is, I know my roommate, but I that helps. know Cody. Right. Uh, but coming into this, that that situation last year and even this year, but, uh, man, like all those guys last year, we still talk all the time. I, I mean, right now, before I got up here, uh, I actually called – or not called. I, I was texting a buddy from that old team on our group chat. So, yeah, I know that was. It seemed like a really, really tight team. It was a, a fun team to be around for sure. But it didn't start well. A two and seven start. I think of those seven losses, five of them were by two or, or one run, and a frustrating start to the year. But you were one of the people actually saying. I, th I think it was to the Chillicothe Gazette that I think this is a good team. I think we could win ten in a row, and we have a chance to win this whole thing. And lo and behold, two and seven, you go on a ten game win, win streak and mm -hmm. ended up going forty one and fourteen the rest of the season after the two and seven start. You ended up winning the championship. What was it about that team early on that just gave you that confidence? It, we just man, when we would take BP it it was just like unreal. Like it, it was just unreal to why I've never seen the way that a team hit BP the way that we hit BP and the way that we attacked like grilling uh fielding ground balls during all of this, like, during BP stuff, I don't know. Just, like, we did really good little things. I mean, we had a, a great coach. We had a great team atmosphere. We bonded well together. Like, we hung out all the time. Like, we would stay actually exactly what we're doing right now. Everyone's here early. We're hanging out in the locker room. We just really enjoyed just being around each other. So you get to the Prospect League Championship Series. It's in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. About 30 minutes from Sykeston, where you're from, right? Yep. And I think you had... What, a couple hundred friends and family there? <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> it seemed like it, though, right? It seemed like yeah. It. yeah, I had quite a few. I had some of my buddies that actually go to the school at SEMO. At SEMO, yeah. There. Uh, all my friends and family that were in Sykeston at the time were there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I bet I had 30 there. I, would I know that your that. parents got a hold of us before we hit the bus and said, hey, can you throw a bunch of shirts and hats and, and other paints gear on the bus and we'll sell it to everybody. I think they sold like $300 worth of yeah. paints, shirts, and hats yeah. and things. And so when we when we get to Kappelhoff Field, there's all these people in paints gear. And there are usually you know a few here and there. Some parents make the trip uh, because you have guys from all over the country. So maybe you're closer to one, one kid's parents or whatever. But we're all the way out in Missouri. And all of a sudden, there's it was it was really cool to see that many people in, in paints gear. And I think you had some family members, too, that hadn't seen you play in a long time because you're very, all the way in Indianapolis. Time, yeah. uh, I there uh, a lot of family has haven't seen me play since I've been there in high school because I mean they just couldn't come up to Indy for just a bunch of reasons you know work things come up so never been able to make the drive up and them being able to see me since they haven't seen me since high school you know that's that was big for them it's big for me I enjoyed every bit of it. Put a little extra pressure on you? No, no. I no, no extra pressure. They didn't give me anything. If anything, it made me more amped, more excited, yeah. more ready to go. So you guys get game one here at home. 
Um, hadn't played Cape all year out of the West. And doesn't go very well. End up losing that game. But it, I just got the sense after the game that the team was not deterred. They were not – no confidence was shaken. It seemed like your guys' attitude was like, well, heck, if we got to drive all the way to Cape Girardeau, we might as well win this daggone thing, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, what we were saying what, – what was so frustrating about that game is, man, we had so many hard-hit balls right at people. I mean, we had – we were putting on a laser show and – we just couldn't get anything to fall. We, I remember I had uh, a screamer to center that I didn't miss any of and just right to him. I remember uh, Colin Shepard actually had that double into the right center gap. And uh, Cole Andrews almost hit, he, he hit one to the uh, left field wall. Guy caught him. We yeah. were just piecing balls up left and right. And we, I'd, we said in the game, I, I, we said in the locker room, like, hey, we came here. Might as well just win it now. So... <laughs> Yeah, it certainly that seemed that, that way. Then, uh, you know, game two in Cape, I think Jack Reigns was on the mound to start. He he threw a, a nice game for you guys, and you win it pretty soundly in game two. So you set up the yeah. the winner-take-all game in game three, and Austin Calipetra starting on the mound, who at the end of the season all of a sudden went from being a, a late-inning guy to being just an unbelievable starter yeah. for you guys unreal how much confidence do you guys have going into game three after getting the win in game two and you know you have calipetro on the mound i not a lot of people know calipetro but man that kid is hilarious uh he's a different guy on the mound and when he got on the mound you could just tell how he was i was like this dude's going seven innings yeah you just could tell and he's gonna strike out like 12 guys yeah, struck out twelve guys. I don't think he walked anybody either, did he? Yeah, he was he was on. The only thing I was worried about was the home plate umpire was kind of messing around with how he was standing on the rubber and and trying yeah, to. Yeah, but it's just he. But he was battled through it. It didn't yeah, seem to bother him. Battled through it, and I knew he didn't bother him at all. He was just like, "All right, well, tell me how to stand. Let's go." Like you know. <laughs> and then uh, Chris Eisel hits the home run early in that game to put you guys on the board first. Left a dent on the new scoreboard. Yeah, brand new video brand board out new there. Scoreboard. Smoked one out there. Puts you guys up one nothing. At that point, do you start to kind of let it creep in that like this might happen? <laughs> we're in, we're in a really good position. Uh, really. Uh, the after he hit that, yeah, we got all fired up, everything. But uh, Biggs came over there and kind of humbled us, like, "Hey, early in the game, boys. Let's you know." Doesn't matter. Good home run, Chris, but let's go. Yeah, and then Cape hits a two-run home run later in the game to take the lead. So this takes us to maybe what most Paints fans know you most for. Sixth inning, bases loaded, trailing by a run. You've got all your friends and family in town watching the game, and you hit a ball that I, I didn't think was going to leave the yard. It was the way the outfielder was playing it, and it just kept going and going and going. And it just, not only did it suck all the air out of the, the stadium, but if you see some of the videos from people that were at the game, like, people were in shock. Like, they could not believe what had just happened. How much detail do you remember that Grand Slam? So, I remember Cole Andrews right before that bat. I was sitting on deck. And um, I think, who, who was it that came up by me? I think it was Shep or somebody like that came up by me and said, hey, it's going to get on you. Like, so I was like, all right. And um, first pitch, I think I fouled off into my leg. Um, and then I let the slider go on the outside half. And for some reason, I was just like, I know this kid's throwing a slider. Threw the slider down and in. And I truly honestly didn't think I got it either. To be honest with you, I ran hard out of the box. I was like, if, if this is a pop fly, I'm going to see if I can get on three before he catches it. And 
so I was sprinting hard, and I didn't even think Chad knew was out either, first base coach, and he was, go two two, get on two, get on two. So I look up in the very last second, and I see him hit the wall, and that was crazy. I mean, as soon as that happened, I was. It was very emotional. I'm getting a little emotional right now. Yeah. It, was, it was a lot of fun. I, I know you, you were rounding third, and, and all the emotion was pouring out on your way home. And I think your uh, little thing you put on your thumb to hit got launched yeah, into the field, yeah, and everybody's out to try to dog Boy, pile. And everybody was like, what's going on? I was like, oh, no. I lost my uh, pro hitter. Couldn't find it. It was a lot of fun. And then you guys go Cal McInich and Nate Hall, who was the closer of the year, so once you hit the home run and everybody looks at the paints pitching stats from that year, uh, you go up by a couple of runs late. It's it's pretty tough sledding for the opponents. So once the home once the grand slam, I'm sure Biggie was saying, "Hey, we still have to finish this game," but you feel pretty good at that point. Oh yeah, as soon as all right, we got Cal on the mound. Cal, I knew he was going to come and shut it down. He's been doing it all year, you know. Yeah. But and then I because we went, we've always it seemed like during the middle of the year we had that Cal. And Nate combo, and it was just like Cal had that. If there was a lead in the seventh inning, it was yeah, over. Yeah, it was over. Like we had it shut down. So Nate, when Nate came in, the right field fans were just giving me crap. I actually knew a couple of them up there, and I said, "This is the closer of the year right here. He's getting put in. You guys, one, two, three, you're getting put down. There's no shot." And they were just laughing, like cutting up with me, still giving me crap. And then uh, after they did it, I. Once they one two three, I turned around and waved and ran in. <laughs> yeah, they they were a special bunch for sure, and probably the most complete team that I've had the pleasure of watching in in eleven years of doing this, pitching, hitting, fielding. I mean, your outfield was so fast that, and it's it's similar to this year where you know with with Ben and left and and Kent and center and you and right, there's not going to be very many balls that find gaps out Jesus, there. Jesus, no, I don't. Uh, when I called. Uh, Kent off the other day. <laughs> you actually crossed him. I know, <laughs> crossed him. Uh, I, I said, Kent, why didn't you why didn't you call that? And he was like, I didn't know how far I was going to go. I was like, dude, I, just call it when it was you know it's right there. You got it all day. Just run over here hard to back you up. So uh, you know the 2019 summer season ends, which then you go basically straight into fall ball. You have a great summer. Are you excited? Uh, rearing to go, and then all of a sudden COVID hits and just punches you in the gut, right? Oh man, that was yeah. I actually. Oh, it was probably the hardest, hottest I've ever start started to a season. Even hotter than in the summer, I was just I was so ready to go, and I finally this year, my senior, year, I finally broke my my five home run slump that I not slump, but you know what I'm saying. I could yeah. never break over five home runs in the season. I finally hit six, but I hit five in fourteen or fifteen games. I can't remember how many it was, and it was just like a I was had a really hot start. Ball just looks like a beach ball coming yeah, in every night. I, I couldn't. I couldn't believe that we got shut down. It was terrible. But then you get to you get to get back in in 2021, and I think a lot of guys that were wanting to come back in 2020 once that season got canceled were just kind of like, all right, it's time to move on. What was it about wanting to come back here for that we second to, season? We wanted to defend it. We just we wanted to have that. You know, we wanted to see all the host families again, re-experience everything, and I definitely wanted to 100. I knew, I mean, I knew. From the very beginning after that last year, I was like, I'm going back there. Just It still was so much fun. It's like a pro ball experience, you know? Yeah. You play in, you play in front of 2,000 fans. And for a lot of guys, it's, it's more fans than they play in front of during school school yeah. ball season, yeah. for sure. It's very true. Um, slow start more to this. More than I play in front of. <laughs> yeah. Slow start to uh, this season so far. 
not unlike the slow start to the season in 2019. You know, as we're sitting here on on Sunday before the game, the game last night, it's a three to two loss, and another one run loss, just like in 2019, where they were they were a lot of close games. Do you feel like it's up to a guy like you who was here in 2019 who kind of went through that to say, let's just stick with it, keep doing what we're supposed to do, and the results will come? I mean, yes and no. I mean, we have a lot of leaders on this team. I mean, including our coach, Coach Penn. I mean, he's he's a great coach. We have a lot of leaders on the team. It's not – I don't necessarily think it's saying up to me because all of these guys that are here, you know, they're all, they're all the top dogs on their team too. Yeah. You know, so they're leaders on their team. So it's just really just letting everybody – really get to know each other i think that's the main thing just the chemistry hanging out and once we get to know each other i feel like it's more let me play for you like you know instead of just try to get to know you let me play for you and it's, it's just it, it it's the chemistry aspect in my opinion i can't let you get out of here without asking your thoughts on the bunt the bunt are you a bunt guy or a don't ever bunt guy don't ever bunt guy. That's what I, I figured. I swing away. You were joking earlier about how Indy like led the nation or you led your conference in sacrifice bunts, and uh, I think your parents were telling me that you were like, don't ever give me the bunt sign. Don't Just don't do it. Just <laughs> swing. I just don't enjoy it. A guy that swings as hard as you, you never get cheated on a swing. Is that just the you know swing hard in case you hit it mentality? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's that's what we'll say. <laughs> well, we do have the time and place to sure. choke up, but yeah, swing hard in case you hit it. Alrighty, Trey. I, I appreciate you taking the time. I know I got to let you go for for BP. They're getting ready to do that. Good luck tonight. Good luck this season, and and hopefully we'll have uh, plenty of fun stuff to chat about by the time we're done. Yep, that was fun. That was fun. Thank you. Obviously, Trey really excited to get into Chillicothe this year and get things into full swing with the paints. And we can't wait to see what he and his teammates have in store for us over the next fifty four and hopefully more games here in twenty twenty one. That'll do it for this edition of Horse and Around. We ask you to go check us out on whatever podcast platform you use. Subscribe to us, leave us a review, whatever comment uh, mechanism your podcast platform has, and we would really appreciate that. That'll help us out in the search settings as well. Until next week, I'm Jacob Wise. Thanks for listening to Horse and Around. Roll paints. <laughs>